0: It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches, interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday morning ticket for November the 16th on what we are calling de facto Culver Stockton Alumni Day. Two excellent guests coming your way in the next couple of minutes. We're going to sit down with Tom Sally, the head coach of the Culver Stockton football team. He is again coaching his alma mater, and they've got a chance today to do something that this program has not done in nearly. 50 years and that is string together a four-game win streak and end the regular season by the way on a winning record which would certainly be given the recent heck given the long-term history of Culver Stockton football a really nice leap forward for this program moving into the future and that future is very bright if you look at the roster and see what Culver Stockton has returning and we're also going to talk to the legendary Melissa Friesmeyer, the head coach of Holy Trinity Volleyball, who got one of the most prestigious awards in all of Iowa coaching last night. She also just finished leading her team to its 10th straight state tournament appearance. Yeah, that's right. Ten straight state tournament appearances. You talk about a dynasty. Holy Trinity is exactly that. So we'll break it all down with Melissa and look forward to what the future holds for Holy Trinity Volleyball as well. But before we get anywhere, we've got to look back at the more recent past. Last night... District Championship football night in the state of Missouri. Again, we don't have a lot going on out there, but what we do have transpiring right now is of utmost playoff importance. Last night, three district championship games involving our teams. We had four teams in the pool Two of them played directly last night and that was really the game of the night. And where we'll start in Cahoka last night, Clark County holds off a spirited charge from Palmyra to post a 30 to 26 victory, giving the Indians their third straight district football title. You heard Ethan Allen right here last week talk about just the way his team had been playing. Well, they got it done last night, but it was not easy. Big story in that game, I guess the short narrative, Caleb Lapsley having a monster night for the Indians. Uh, 25 carries last night, 182 rushing yards, and all four of his team's touchdowns. By the way, Clark County led by as much as 10 points in that game, 22-12. to 12. Palmyra with a couple of different comebacks and controversy at the end of that game where under a minute, Quarter Lenbauer goes to the air, throws what appears to be a game changing, if not perhaps game winning, touchdown pass in the final minute of the ball game. But it is ruled that the receiver from Palmyra pushed off offensive pass interference. The touchdown, the apparent touchdown, disallowed. Palmyra fans still not happy about it looking at video from every angle and trying to defy people to give them the why this Don Dinkinger call is a push-off. Well, there's not a lot of evidence that there was a push-off, but that is how it transpires. So, Clark County gets the win. Palmyra is on, unfortunately for them, the outside looking in, but what a ball game it was last night. I mentioned Cordo Lenbauer last night. What a night for him. 25-37 of passing, 253 through the air, and two touchdowns. Made some amazing plays last night to keep his team in it. But, again, Palmyra now eliminated Clark County moving on. The Indians next Saturday at 1 a 1 p.m. I should say will be playing at Hallsville, who was a winner last night over Christian. So it will be Clark County versus Hallsville in the state 2A quarterfinals next week. The news on the rest of the Missouri front not very good for our local teams. Hannibal last night unravels in uh, Lake St. Louis losing to Wentzville Liberty 23 to 8. The unfortunate narrative here for Quentin Hamner's team turnovers last night, five of them, and that was really their undoing, is Hannibal had a third-quarter 8-7 to seven lead and just watched it go away. A couple of fumbles, a bunch of interceptions last night, and that was the difference in the ballgame. As uh, Hannibal's season comes to an end, they end up just one game short of the state quarterfinals. Same scenario, though the turnovers were not a factor last night for North Shelby in 8-man football they go on the road trying to win a district championship trying to advance to the final 4 and lose to Southwest Livingston 56 to 38. Southwest Livingston has a 6 foot 6 quarterback named Mac Anderson who is basically a human tank and North Shelby struggled to keep him under wraps last night. North Shelby did have a halftime lead in that game, got off to a good start, but eventually wore down under the physical rushing attack that Mack Anderson and Southwest Livingston present. Again, another great season for Seth Bass and North Shelby. You remember, we're just six years removed from that team having the longest losing streak in the state of Missouri. Eight-man football, they're a Final Eight team, so certainly a neat narrative there, but unfortunately, the road is over. So we are left with one football team guaranteed, into next week and we're hoping for another because coming up this afternoon at two o'clock our only illinois team left is the quincy notre dame raiders jack cornell's team on the road trying to avenge a 23 point loss earlier this season to breeze modern day that game's set for two o'clock you can listen right here the big news on this game jack cornell talking all week long about how his team really that first time around didn't know how to get off the bus and play a really tough road game he thinks it's a much different enterprise now moving forward into that game and based on the way the raiders have played the last couple of weeks and they have not had their a game completely great offensive effort against greenville two weeks ago great defensive effort against beardstown but the raiders haven't synced it up and if they can do that today Jack Cornell and company feel like they've got a pretty good shot to pull off the upset and get the win over Breeze Modern Day. We shall see. Again, you can listen right here, and we'll give you highlights coming up tonight on overtime at KHQA at 1030. But that's the other big football narrative still brewing in our area. We've got some college football going on, again, as we said today. And we're going to talk to Tom Sally about his team's showdown with William Penn. Can also tell you, Quincy University is at home today, taking on William Jewell and Western Illinois at home today. Uh, trying to wrap up the home portion of their regular season, although it has been a struggle this season at just 1-9, and 9, taking on uh, Southern Illinois. So all of that at 1 o'clock if you're looking for something to do this afternoon. If you still have plenty of time to make the road trip to Breeze Modern Day. although it may never get you home. There's just no easy way to get there from here. But hopefully we'll get home with highlights again for you tonight at 1030 if you're looking to do that. We did have some college basketball last night as well. Let's talk about that. On the men's side last night, it was Illinois College beating Lincoln Christian in the Bill Maris Classic, 81-71. Uh, to 71. And John Wood goes on the road and loses to a really good Marshalltown program in the Marshalltown Classic, 76-74 to fall to 1-5 on the season. Although I would argue that John Wood has played a very difficult, largely Division One schedule to this point. And uh, last night in the loss, Chandler Bevins, the pride of Clark County, had 16 points and 12 rebounds in the loss. We also had women's college basketball last night over in Sedalia, Missouri, at the State Fair Classic. It was John Wood losing to Southeastern Community College, 64 to 50. Jerry Jerome's team getting a big effort from the West Hancock product. Emma Knipe to beat John Wood. Emma Knipe had twelve points and eight rebounds. Again, the schedule has thinned considerably. Next week we get to it. High school girls basketball starts next week with the Mount Sterling Classic. And then before you know it, it'll be Thanksgiving week and we'll be into football or excuse me, into uh, full-time boys basketball as well. So it's all kind of brewing. But again, these next couple of days and weeks, anything that we can cling to, we're going to do our best to do so. So best of luck to Quincy Notre Dame today to keep the Illinois portion of the high school football season alive and well for us. Okay, we're going to talk college football when we get back with Tom Sally, the head coach of the Culver Stockton Wildcats. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy here's Chris and welcome back to the ticket everybody Tom Sally's Culver Stockton Wildcats played their 11th and final game at home today against William Penn they are five and five on the season and while I know Tom that wasn't really what you wanted because you want to start winning national championships and going undefeated and all of these things that you said have, have been possible since the start it is another incremental improvement especially if you can win today obviously the importance of this game to spin it forward and to finish with a winning record I think probably for the first time looking back Back since the Chris Tabor era what would that mean for your program moving forward
1: um I think it means a lot for our guys you know what I mean we've talked about a process since we've been here you know and and we've kind of laid it on the line exactly what was going to happen and basically luckily for us kind of everything that we've told them has kind of fallen into place um you know we had a tough loss versus Grandview and and that game was kind of essentially this year looked like it was for the conference championship early on in our in our conference uh, schedule. And it was a super close game. We ended up losing by a couple points, but um, we were right there with them. And so our kids can kind of see we're on the, the exact trajectory that we talked about from the beginning. And so being able to come out and win this game and, and go six and five and have everybody realize that we have every single person on our roster coming back, plus whoever we can recruit, um, you know, kind of puts everybody on notice a little bit.
0: Yeah, that has to be the fun part for you because you know whatever you've accomplished this season. And I know you're big on not big on moral victories, but you, you touched on the Grandview game, which you lost to a nationally ranked foe by three points. You also lost a nationally ranked Evangel by two. So you've been really close to flipping that script. But all of these guys are going to have that experience of having played in those type games and now trying to figure out how to finish. And, and when you build forward into the next year, the sense of optimism on campus, I have to imagine, is incredible right now.
1: Yeah, you know, our guys are really excited. Every year at the end of the year, um, during this week, I always put together a thing, and I just ask everybody one question. We have a quick quick meeting. I said, are you coming back? And when you talk to the older guys, am I coming back, Coach? Well, this next year is going to be the best year. Like, what are you talking about? Why would you even ask? And so just seeing the excitement in their face and in their eyes, and then, you know, that stuff builds on the younger kids. The younger kids – Get excited, and they get excited about doing things and doing things right and getting bigger and stronger in the weight room and and all the different stuff that goes into being a good football team. Making sure we get to class and, and do good in the classroom, you know, and and so it, that's a fun part because you ask them guys that, you see the excitement in their face, and and it's um it's a pretty special thing, you know what I mean? Especially at a place where there's there before we got here, there wasn't a whole bunch of. Uh, optimism flowing around the, flowing around.
0: Yeah, and that brings me to my, I guess, my better point, because I know you can't say it out loud when you take the job at your alma mater, but you knew you were going to take some lumps early, and you said very, very clearly that you would play young guys if they were the best players, and and you did that. And yet for a couple of years, despite taking those lumps, you were able to hold those guys together and keep them there and sell them on the future. What's the biggest challenge in doing that when you kind of know, at least for the first two years, what the outcome might be?
1: I think the biggest thing is you have to be honest with them. You know what I mean? Don't walk in and lie to them. You know, set up expectations and set up um, goals and plans and everything like that. But kids are not stupid. You know what I mean? They're right. 18-year-old men. You know, they're adults. The, You know, and so they understand the process, too. And, and when you don't lie to kids and you go in there and you're honest and you're excited and, and then you care about them and you love them and, and you get them around each other and they start caring and loving each other you know you don't want to leave cuz you're a family and and when you're in a family you don't want to you don't want to move away all the time you want to stay there you want to take care of each other and do what you can for each other during the time that you have together and so i think that's kind of the biggest thing is, is these guys kind of came in as a group the our first recruiting class and and they kind of bonded and then they took on the the leadership role young and we brought in a second class, and they felt like it was their job to try to keep them here. And then we brought in our third class now, and the first two classes that we brought in feel like it's their job to try to keep these guys here. And so, um, you know, when the, the student-athletes are taking accountability for the program and wanting to see it not only good when they're there, but, you know, going forward after they get a chance to leave, you know, pretty special things can happen.
0: You've been through a gamut of things this season, and maybe people don't know that that Scott and Connor Perrin lost their father, who was one of your most vocal and enthusiastic supporters during this season, and you lost those guys for a couple of games. You've also had national attention for, obviously, an offensive tackle throwing a near-perfect strike on on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football. It's been a weird kind of development, but does all of that that you kind of go through, that whole cycle of the season, kind of also help to keep everything together?
1: Yeah, you know, every, anything that you can do to – obviously, kids are going to get excited about about Scott and Connor. But, um, like, the Root Pass, you know, it gives something to kids to be excited for and, and to motivate them to do a little bit more and, and gives everybody a little bit of attention. And it gives the school a whole bunch of attention, which is always good for us, you know what I mean? Because the more students here, the more stuff there is to do. And, um, you know, you get more kids in the area excited and you can get them around and hopefully – Get them to want to come over to Culver and play football, and, or even just to go to school because they see see some big things happening there. Um, is a big deal for us, you know. And obviously, having that, we had another young man who lost his mom um, a week and a half after that. Oh So, wow. uh, so I mean, it is, it, has, it has had its ups ups and downs, but again, it's one of them things where um, we talk about it all the time. You know, when you're when you're a team. And something goes wrong, everybody just goes their own way, but when you 're a family and something goes wrong, you know, and your hands are clasped together, they get together a little bit tighter because that 's what families do. you know when stuff starts hitting the fan and and stuff starts going sideways they don 't sit there and argue, they figure out how to get better and how to get through together and and you know move forward so I was really proud of our guys to see that this year and see them come through like that and and handle the adversity and um, you know, it's just fun. You know what I mean? It's fun to be around a group of guys that are such good kids.
0: Let's let's talk one more before, while well, I still got you here, Tom, about Dalton Huffman, because he is probably your most visible homegrown wildcat to date out of Hannibal, who's mm-hmm. been almost from the jump of his career a, an important player for you at linebacker. What has he kind of meant, and how has he kind of become the local face of Culver Stockton football?
1: Um, He's huge for us because he's such a – Not only is he super talented, but he's such a try-hard kid. He's one of the hardest workers in the weight room. He's one of the hardest workers every single day on the field. And he's got a – I think he's got a 4.0 this semester, but he's got like a 3.3 or a 3.4 GPA overall. Um, So he does everything right. And he's a vocal kid, so he's not scared to call anybody out. And everybody knows they really – what are they going to say to him? You didn't run – no, he did run to the ball every single (laughs) play. You didn't work hard in the weight room, you know, he did work hard in the weight room every single day. You know what I mean? And so, to have a kid like that, that, that is one of your better players, that does everything right, it makes, and is and, and a vocal leader, it makes my job and, and Coach Iwiki's job and all them guys' jobs pretty easy, you know, and he's, he's a big reason why we're the ninth best defense in the country right now on the NAI level. And, and I don't know um, what the stats are going back years after years after years, but I can't imagine there's too many times where the, the Culver Stockton Wildcats can say they were a top ten defense in the country.
0: Yeah, that has been a, a phenomenal improvement and probably the biggest part of the success to this day. Hey, Congratulations to Tom so much to this point. If you get a win today, it is the first four-game win streak since 1970 at Culver Stockton. Go get you one, good sir. Thanks,
1: sir. Have a great day, guys.
0: we Will do. Well, highlights tonight at Culver Stockton on overtime. And when we come back, we sit down with the legendary Melissa Friesmeyer. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. Well, the golden plaque is a big, big, Big major deal in Iowa high school sports, and as of last night at the U.S. Cellular Center, it now belongs to our favorite Chicago Cubs fan, the most metrically successful coach in our area of any kind, and the legendary Melissa Friesmeyer, who joins us now. Melissa, first of all, I know this has never been about personal achievements for you, but there had to be a moment, at least last night, when you know the company you're now in with this award, that that it had to humble you just a little bit to, to know that that's how you're being mentioned.
2: Uh, definitely. You know, it was very humbling. and uh, But without the support that we get um, from our community and uh, from my coaches, uh, you know, my coaching staff is pretty awesome and, and uh, uh, they work hard along with me um, and with the kids that we've had from year to year to year who just come in and work so hard. I mean, and that's the reason that that award was achievable last night. And um, I'm just proud to say I'm from Holy Trinity and um, It's just been a a great, great weekend.
0: Well, I I can only imagine because of the way it finished for you. And I know back probably in early September, the notion of a 10th straight trip to state probably seemed kind of tough because you did have some growing pains and you were looking for an identity early. And you guys are held to such a high standard because for those who don't know, Melissa's win percentage, career win percentage at Holy Trinity and at West Point is 84%. 942 victories, 186 match losses, which is incredible. But for these girls to make this evolution, was there something special just in that, Melissa, to see their growth.
2: Absolutely. You know, we didn't have a kid on the on the roster that played full rotation last year, and uh, you know, we had a great group of seniors go out. But the the senior leadership that came in this year to uh, drive these kids was just amazing. Um, and and the growth of the of the young kids, just to see them, you know, become great players and great leaders, and and just become you know great teammates, and and that's what was so special about this year.
0: Well, Claire Pothotakis obviously had a huge tournament, but I look at like the overall growth of everyone, and, and particularly, you know, Cassie having what she did this year and giving you a, a beautiful bright light for the future. I mean, this is something you can spin forward, I would think, in an even better way just because you kind of surprise people.
2: You know, absolutely. And uh, we knew early that they had it in them, but we just didn't quite know how to get it out of them. And, um,. um as each day went, uh, you know, they just kept getting better and better, and, and there was no lack of uh, effort in practice. These kids worked as hard as any of our teams, and so we knew what they were capable of. They just had to believe it, and, and I know by the uh, end of this postseason run, um, they believed in each other, and, and they believed in what we were doing, and uh, that is just amazing. That's, that's what uh, makes it all worth uh, coming back to.
0: No disrespect to West Point, Iowa, but you're not exactly like beach country out in California. Nobody would have thought, I guess, in construct, that this would be such a volleyball hotbed over the years. And over the course of your 28 years, you've won two state championships. You've produced now an Olympic-caliber volleyball player in Michaela Fecky, who's probably going to give West Point its biggest sports moment ever. Just when you look at kind of the circumstance where this has grown, what does that kind of say about the resiliency of Iowa girls?
2: You know, um, their work work ethic is just amazing. Um, these are kids that, uh, you know, when they want something, they're going to go out and get it. And, you know, it's just uh, very satisfactory to know that um, uh, I come from a, a, a small town that uh, the parents and the community are so supportive. And um, they uh, instill the work ethic into these young ladies
0: your your success stories obviously on the on the court are you know legendary and obvious for everybody who sees them but you look back and you've just had great girl after great girl and, and i know they all still have interest in the program and they talk glowingly about you is that your best legacy melissa is just the relationships you've been able to foster because you're not easy to play for and you demand a lot of them and yet they respect you so much afterwards and that's really hard to do in this day and age because people say hey genera- gener- generationally that doesn't happen anymore but it still does with holy trinity volleyball you know um
2: i i think it's just the upbringing and um these kids you know they uh respect um the adults around them and they're just you know they're they're easy to coach because they listen they you know they they look up at the people before them and you know it's it's um It's just amazing the things that that they bring to the table. And, uh, you know, that has to, you know, we have to give credit again to um, where they're raised and uh, their parents and and the community and our school system that continues to um, instill um, great things into them.
0: The weekend for you, the season ended for you Thursday night. How quickly before you started thinking about next year?
2: Uh, About 15 minutes later. (laughs) I I figured as (laughs) much. you know we've got some uh, great kids that uh, are uh, you know are, are going to come back next year and, and great kids coming up, young kids coming up. Um, you know the the you know sad part is is these seniors you know don't realize what they have created in in uh, this team and and how they have led them. So um, I appreciate that. I mean we've had five seniors this year that were just outstanding and you know people always talk about the kids on the court, but I had seniors that just led by example, and without them, I don't think we were where we are are this year.
0: Well, that was a pretty incredible run. There is none better than Melissa Friesmeyer. Congratulations on all your success, your incredibly well-deserved award last night, and best of luck in the future, Miss Melissa. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk to Melissa Friesmeyer. Again, Holy Trinity, Final four in the state when I don't think anybody thought that was really going to happen in September, but that's what Melissa Friesmeyer does. She creates winners, both in volleyball and in life. And we're almost out of time right here. Coming up next week, we're going to start talking some high school basketball. Hope to have Andy Douglas with us next week on the big show. And everybody, we'll see you then right here, back here, for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.